This is The Playbook. Hello, 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 everyone. It is over 23 years we've been doing Friday trainings, trainings too, and uh, it's one of my favorite trainings because it's what I used to call the listening for training because it's B-Y-O-Q. You bring the questions, I'll bring the answers to the best of my ability. And if I don't have the answers, what do you do? You find somebody that does have the answers so that they can give them instructions. So uh, we are loading up with questions already on all the different platforms. Uh, We're gonna go through as many as we can. If I don't get to your question, please email me david at dmelter.com. Like I said, I'll do my best to answer your question. More than happy to send you the guides that are mentioned in here, the exercises, and of course, my book. Uh, We will sign a book, send it to you, pay for shipping and the book. All you got to do is email me, david at dmelter.com. Let me just uh, pin that up there real quick. I've got all kinds of stuff rocking and rolling here. Sorry for losing my screen there. All righty. Perfect. Um, All right. Uh, we will get going here. We'll start with the first one. How do you find a good business partner? And there's one simple answer to this values. You need to align your values. Uh, if your values don't align with your business partners, no matter how much money you make, no matter how much success you have early on, you eventually will have a problem. And, uh, you, those values are, extremely important. I had a past business partner. My four values are gratitude. I'm looking for a partner that's looking also to find the light, the love, and the lessons. Forgiveness, because I know that I make a ton of mistakes and I want my business partner to make a ton of mistakes. And you can't do that if you're not forgiving. Accountability, all three stages of accountability. I want a partner who's responsible, who believes in the laws of attraction, and looks at what we did to attract this to ourselves and what we're supposed to learn, and then also the idea of participating in a perception to be accountable. So are we able to change the meaning to participate in a different perception to learn the lesson? And then finally, of course, uh, the effective communication value of being able to be in spirit, inspired, uh, to believe in something bigger than us that loves us more than even our mom. So uh, align those values, know what your values are, and make sure that your business partner uh, has those same values. You could also use my dad's methodology, which was uh, don't get a business partner. And if you do get a business partner, make sure he or she has more money than you. And if you don't listen to rule one or two, go back to rule number one. That was my dad's philosophy. Mine's a little different, but I might as well have shared it uh, because it led me to where I am today. Uh, thank you for that question. Man, they're loading up. Everybody load up the questions. I'm gonna try to fly through these. It's Friday training. Email me, david at dmelter.com. Let's take a quick question here uh, online. Uh, all right, how do you balance activity you get paid for with activity you don't to ensure that you are productive but still vacationing every day? Yeah, so this is about uh, two things, being a student of your calendar and notating your non-negotiables. When you're a student of the calendar, you know that you have 24 hours in a day and you're going to first put in the non-negotiables of your life. For me, it's a minimum of an hour a day on my health, a minimum of time with my wife, minimum of time with my son, minimum of time with my three daughters, minimum of time with my mom, 
I have a minimum amount of time to catch up with old friends and family I haven't talked to. In fact, I have a checklist of about a thousand people now. I stole that from Evan Carmichael, where I just spend a minimum of 10 minutes a day going down my list and texting or Instagramming. Hey, what's up, dude? Want to check in uh, for that? And then uh, I also spend a minimum of 10 minutes a day studying my calendar, being productive, accessible, and gracious with my time. And my time is broken down to three activities, activities I get paid for, activities I don't get paid for, and my sleep. And then within the context of those three categories, I have planned and unplanned time to make sure that I can prioritize it correctly and use the lenses of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude to be just that in the trajectory of where I think I want to be. Uh, if you would like a student of the calendar guide, just email me, david at dmelter.com. Uh, but you can have enough time every day. If you deduct your non-negotiables, if you deduct your sleep, there's usually somewhere between 13 and 14 hours for activity you get paid for and activity you don't get paid for. And uh, plan it and don't plan it, uh, notating that if you want to make God laugh, come up with that well-developed plan. Just give yourself some time for the unplanned activities. Vacation every day, activity you get paid for every day, sleep well every day, and I promise you, you will accelerate, aggregate what you want, and compound exponentially those outcomes, which is uh, brings great joy to so many people. All right, we're rocking and rolling. Let's take another question here um, on the uh, the uh, the webinar. So here we go. By the way, new record today, uh, over 87,000 people, probably the Threads group uh, joining in, uh, in registered for today's training, which is at a unique time here on Friday. How do you structure business deals to be a win-win for each party involved? Uh, that's involved uh, to understand not only quantitative value and uh, utilizing the lenses of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, but your ability to articulate quantitative value to exceed what you're asking for and receiving. If you want to create a win-win, if you want to live in abundance in a world of more than enough of everything for everyone, you have to structure deals based on quantifiable value that exceeds what you're asking for and what the other person is acting for. That becomes a win-win. And in order to do that, you need to practice not only utilizing the lenses of productivity, accessibility, and gratitude, but practicing articulating that value to exceed what you're asking for. In other words, I have a 120 rule where everything from my own personal injury to uh, different business opportunities and options, it's always I'm giving a $100 bill and only asking for 20 back, but I'm able to articulate that value the same as if I did ask you, hey, do you want $100? I'll give you $20 back. Uh, that's the simplest and fastest, easiest way uh, to create that uh structure for a win-win. A win-win opportunity is when both sides feel that they got more value than what they were asking for. All right. Very good. We will uh, keep it rocking and rolling. Let's go ahead and take uh, the next question here from uh, social here. Let's see here. How can I continue to ask and attract? Um, so first of all, make a practice of asking. There's four ways today that are most effective in asking. One, ask in person. So create a strategy, whether you're gonna be in a lobby of a hotel, a bus stop, uh, a gala, uh, or a business meeting, 
you're going to make sure that you ask every day in person, do you know anyone that could help me with blank? Then also make a strategy for the phone. Anyone that I talk to on the phone today, whether I outreach or they call in or call me back, I'm going to make sure that I ask, do you know anyone that can help me with blank? Then as well, within the context of email, I actually check all my emails. I check my set box every day to determine, is there an ask that says, do you know anyone that can help me with blank? You know, with my charitable efforts, with my free Friday trainings, watching my Apple TV shows, my podcast, coaching, whatever it may be, I always have an ask in in via email, in person, and on the phone. And then finally, the fourth strategy of asking is social and traditional media, making sure I have an ask, do you know anyone that can help me with blank? Now, if all you did was be intentional about one ask a day, one ask a day in all each of those realms in 24-hour period, which takes approximately email, phone call, uh, or text message, uh, social media post, and in-person ask. It might take 10 minutes possibly, but for that 10 minutes, you'll have four. Do you know anyone that can help me with blanks? At the end of the week, you'll have 28. At the end of the month, you'll have 112. 112 calculated ask, strategic ask, intentional ask, if you know anyone that can help me, which gives it the exponentiality because on average, especially now with threads, most people know about a thousand people on average. So imagine each day your total addressable market is 4,000 people a day, 128,000 people in a month, all by having and being strategic about asking for help in person, on the phone, via email and social media. Uh, Awesome questions here. Uh, So here we go. Let's get to the next question. How can I learn to articulate my quantitative value better and make sure I can exceed what I'm asking for? This is aligned with the last uh, question two times ago. Uh, You got to practice, you know, and, you know, articulating quantitative value seems simple. It seems easy. But when I ask most people, even if they're quality salespeople, hey, what is it? what, What is it that I can help you with? They literally say, I don't know. (laughs) They literally say, I don't know. And so I want you to think about uh, that side of it. Um, When you are asked to be prepared, do you know anyone that could help me with blank? Uh, All right. If you'd like uh, any of that information, again, the exercises, guides, and my books, david at dmeltzer.com. Keep the questions coming. Keep loading them in. These have been tremendous questions as well. Let's go ahead and uh, see what we have on uh, the platforms here. That's so many good ones. Here we go. Uh, what is the matrix of relativity in the great chain of feeding? Well, there's someone that's been to my other training uh, called the great chain of feeding. If anybody wants the matrix of great chain of feeding. So uh, for years, all I tried to identify was who feeds me and who I feed. Uh, and if they bleed me, then I let them fall away or fire them from my life. Uh, But I've added a component that's been extremely helpful because there's certain people that are more relative to me in my life. And therefore, I will let them bleed me more or totally bleed me. Uh, And there's other people that I gave relativity to. And they should have no relativity in my life. 
and I gave relativity to them and I let them bleed me as if they were my mom. And uh, just because, you know, I grew up with you since I was four doesn't give you the same relativity as, for example, my mother, who has known me for every second that I've been alive. Uh, and so this matrix of understanding relativity uh, in the utilization of the feeding curve in order to effectuate how to use our time, time being the dependent variable of all activity and all matter, time dependent because we're working within the context of each and every day, 24 hours in a trajectory of where we think we want to be or better. And so uh, utilizing this matrix, which once again, I'm happy to give you, david at dmelter.com, the relativity matrix is combined with the great chain of feeding in order to effectuate the best use of time with those people who are most relative to you and that need to be fed and feed you. It's a very simple thing, but like we like to say, simple things to do are unfortunately simple not to do. Um, here we go. Next question. What is your best advice for stopping a bad habit? Uh, so first of all, stopping a habit takes practice the same way as creating a habit. And uh, so if we want to stop a bad habit, we have to practice stopping a bad habit by identifying the bad habit or the urge to perform a bad habit. A bad habit is one, in my opinion, that is not aligned with the trajectory of where you think you want to be or better. And so when we can get into the practice of identifying, is this creating interference with my trajectory, with my potential, or is this accelerating me in a wrong direction? Or is it supporting me in that trajectory in some way, some shape, some form uh, that allows us to accelerate, aggregate, and compound our trajectory, our journey towards our higher self, our potential? Uh, so best advice for stopping a bad habit is practice stopping a bad habit. Identify when fear evokes a bad habit and what the bad habit is so you can dissipate, dissolve, and eventually allow that bad habit to disappear. All right, let's uh, take another one online here. I'm getting this down. I know we got a little bit of a chin action on the video, but here we go. How do you usually react when close people suddenly become unreliable, personal and professional? Wow, this is a very poignant one. Um, so what do we do when people disappoint us uh, and they do not act within the context of the meaning that we've given our relationship? and our expectations have been mismanaged. Uh, usually people that are more relative to us have disappointed us. Well, there's a second value called forgiveness. And uh, we don't forgive those people because they deserve it. We forgive ourselves because we deserve it. Then what we do is use that matrix of relativity to figure out where and how we're going to allow this person uh, to either be in our lives feed us or fall away or even fire from our lives. So we utilize that matrix once again, which I'll be happy uh, to send to anyone uh, the matrix with the great chain of feeding in order to find the relativity matrix with the great chain of feeding in order to effectuate uh, what you're looking for uh, here um, by uh, reacting uh, to those people, those unreliable people with forgiveness Finding the light, the love, and the lesson. Do not forgive others because they deserve it. Forgive others because you do. Uh, 
you cannot give what you don't have. So if you give forgiveness, it'll be much easier for other people to give you forgiveness as well. Uh, so I appreciate uh, another great timely question. Um, let's take the next one here on the webinar. Why is it important to have a trajectory, quote unquote, of where you want to be? Uh, it's actually a quote unquote trajectory of where I want to be or better. Um, and, you know, this is a gratitude of the future that creates a trajectory of where I want to be or better instead of where I don't want to be, what's missing or what I think other people want for me, which is usually what people work for all day long is what other people want, what's missing, what they don't have. And then at the end of the day, they roll home uh, with what they don't have, what they didn't want or what other people wanted for them. And so utilizing uh, this idea of trajectory, we do everything we can in a ferocious manner. And then we detach our emotions from the outcome, but we create a trajectory towards that outcome. We aim towards that outcome with the ferocious productivity, accessibility, and gratitude in the day. And so we want to use our gratitude of the future by saying, this is what I think I want, not what I for sure want in a trajectory, what I think I want or better. And that creates this whole nuance of being a ferocious Buddha. All right. Uh, we're rocking and rolling. I do wish I had the clubhouse going and had a little bit of a, a, <laughs> a moderator at a break. Uh, all right. How do you find a great mentor who can guide you through the ups and downs of life? Um, great question. First of all, everyone should have a mentor. Uh, it's the fastest and easiest way to get to where you want to be or better. Everyone should have a mentor. The fastest and easiest way not only to get to where you want to be or better, but to find someone that will help you is to ask. Uh, do your research. Ask people, do you know anyone that can help me blank? They will lead you to the cousins, the aunts, the uncles, the dogs, owners, walkers, nutritionists, fitness providers, whatever it is that is aligned with where you think you want to be or better by asking in person on the phone via email and social media, do you know anyone that can help me? And going ahead and doing that will allow you to effectuate much more value in what you're doing. Uh, all righty, let me just reset the room real quick. It's Friday training. We've been doing this for over 23 years. We have over 87,000 people registered for today's training. It's on multicast, so it's on every platform. You can also catch the replays. All the different guides from student of the calendar to the 120 rule to uh, the daily practices, all of those things are available with my book as well for free. I will sign a copy of my book, send it to you, pay for shipping and the book. Just go ahead and reach out to me, david at dmeltzer.com, david at dmeltzer.com. Thank you so much. All right. We are just rolling here. Let's get to the next question. I want to thank everyone, by the way, for these great questions. Why is it important to ask big? And what have been some of the most impactful yeses and no's you received? Well, first of all, the universe is abundant. So we're always limiting ourselves. And the easiest ways to determine whether we're limiting ourselves is looking at one, our own self-image, and two, what's directly related to our own self-image is how comfortable we are asking. Some people have such a high, high self-image that they have no problem asking big. 
if you have faith in the future, if you have gratitude of the future and faith in the future, that there's more than enough of everything for everyone, you should be very, very comfortable living in a value add world, not a zero sum game. A value add world would say that everything I do adds value to the giver, the receiver, and the witnesses. And therefore, the bigger I ask, the more value that I'll provide to the giver, the receiver, and the witnesses as well. So I want everyone to challenge themselves. Notate that you cannot overachieve your own self-image, that you can go ahead and turn down that beautiful hat by giving it to uh, somebody and knowing that that would add value uh, to that person. So ask big, don't limit yourself. And then the most impactful yeses and nos uh, that I've received, um, the nos came from the people that cared most about me, my mom, my dad, my best friend, and my wife, uh, when they told me that I wasn't acting uh, in alignment with my values of who I was and what I wanted to be. And those no's, including my wife telling me uh, that she was not happy and that uh, I better take stock in who I was, uh, were the most impactful no's of my life. The most impactful yeses of my life uh, have come from uh, my wife saying yes to me and getting married, uh, the job offers that I got from all of the different opportunities I've had from being the CEO of Samsung's phone division to Lee Steinberg Sports and Entertainment to Sports One Marketing with Warren Moon to working with Entrepreneur, Apple, uh, Bloomberg, all the different networks, all the things that we're doing, the yeses have been extremely impactful but no one more than my wife and the impact that she's had uh, for me and through me with that uh, big no uh, of what we want when we want. So uh, really good here. Let's take another question online as we are here. Let's get that going. So many questions. I want to thank everyone. What's the biggest difference you have noticed so far between European culture and American culture? What are you going to implement? I think when I get home, when I get back, yes. Um, well, the difference in culture is, uh, number one, food. Uh, there's a different relationship with food in Europe than there is in America. Uh, the portions are smaller. The quality or the organic nature of the food. The relationship with food in Europe is medicinal, where in America it seems that our food and our relationship to food is one of dis-ease. And so... I want to help people take on uh, that culture uh, as well. There is also an openness in Europe uh, in a culture of acceptability. Uh, people are more acceptable and forgiving uh, as though uh, they're so close to so many other countries, all reliant on you know similar currencies, if not the same currency, creates an abundance mentality that's difficult to project and to receive uh, as you're utilizing that. So uh, very, very interesting dichotomy of cultures here uh, in Europe as well as in America. All right, let's take uh, our next question. Uh, there's so many good ones here. All right, let's go down here. What is the most valuable lesson you've learned this week? Um Wow, most valuable lesson I've learned this week. There's so many valuable ones. Um, I think how important uh, 
the values are in a valuable lesson. Uh, you know, there's uh, circumstances that arise with people and desperate good people do desperate things and, uh, you know, utilizing forgiveness, but also staying aligned with your true core values when someone may not be aligned with those values. Um, but yet you still can forgive them. Um, but it doesn't mean that you have to move forward with them as well. So how we utilize forgiveness and our activities moving forward in order to effectuate uh, what we want when we want to in the trajectory of, of what we want as well. So very, very good. Let me see here. I'm going to see here. We're flying through these. Uh, how do you become a more interested person without being inauthentic? Well, I have a general philosophy of being more interested than interesting. And uh, authenticity comes from sticking to your skills, your knowledge of what and who and your desire. If you're authentic with the skills that you're learning about to be interested in, the knowledge that you want of who and what, and then also your desire, uh, having an ability that you must be what you can be and doing everything that you can to effectuate what you want to be. Uh, so when you're able to, uh, and um, see here, get this question out, uh, able to uh, be able to have that perspective, uh, you will be more interested than interesting. And I think it was that one right there. Oh, you know, next question. All right. This is, I love this question. What are the most effective ways to get people to call you back? Well, first of all, you got to practice. Uh, so you can't get people to call you back. Uh, and I say call back. It doesn't have to be on the phone. It can be email you back, DM you back. It can be, you know, knock on your door, come over back. But if you could double the amount of people that get back to you, which is so easy today, you'll sell twice as much. You'll close twice as many deals without even becoming a better salesperson or closer. But uh, the nice thing is through that practice, you'll become a better salesperson and a better closer. Uh, but in uh, math of what you're doing, uh, we want to practice getting people to call us back. The best way to get people to call us back is to somehow uh, stimulate interest on what is going to bring them value. So don't sell on the phone. Don't leave a message selling. Nobody ever buys off of a message, but just simply gear your messages to have the intention of getting people to call you back. And uh, it's a great practice. I do a great uh, effective ways to get people to call you back training. So reach out to me, David at dmelter.com. Notate the fastest and easy way to double your income is get twice as many people to get back to you by stimulating their interest and not worrying about transitioning interest or sharing a vision. So if anybody would want the five daily, uh, sorry, five to thrive selling system, which incorporates, you know, the stimulating interest, transition interest, share a vision, manage and develop a vision and thrive. Happy to send that out to you with my book as well. David at dmelzer.com. David at dmelzer.com. Thank you so, so much. All right, here we go. Do you have, do you have you read Dune? No, but I watched the movie. All right. Let's see people say hello. Let me see. Let's see who online. Hold on one second. Uh, 
Thank you so much, everyone. We've been doing this for over 23 years. What do you think would be relevant and meaningful topic for a children's book? Uh, I actually am writing a children's book with uh, my friend Cliff Carl. His uncle is Eric Carl, Brown Bear. And we're writing a book about four things. Gratitude, empathy, accountability, and effective communication. So I'm writing a children's book to help on my mission to plant seeds under these trees that I may never sit under. And in order to do that, I'm going to have to teach gratitude, forgiveness, accountability, and effective communication and tell the story at the level in which my audience is at and then bring them along to learn some of the more in-depth uh, examples uh, that are in uh, that book in that mindset. All right, perfect. Let's keep going. I appreciate it. We'll see if we can last the whole hour here. Uh, <laughs> I'm hitting a wall, so I'm doing my best, everyone. We're in Italy. Uh, speaking of which, I'm going to take a little bit of a break to tell you where we're going to be at. Uh, number one, just email me if you want to come to a meetup, a VIP dinner. If you want to come to the filming of Two Minute Drill, we'll be filming next week. I'll be in Vegas on the 15th. We'll be filming on the 17th and 18th in Orange County. We'll then be going to Chicago, then Indy then St. Louis, then New York, just to name a few places that uh, we're sharing our best and sharing our ideas. So please, if you want to come by tomorrow, I mean, uh, Saturday to Vegas or uh, to a VIP dinner uh, in Orange County, uh, Chicago, Indy, St. Louis, New York, we will be there. There is no grass growing underneath our feet. Uh, thank goodness. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Let's see here. So many great people in here. Thank you for joining us, Nancy. Whew, how do I overcome imposter syndrome to ask to receive in abundance? Example, being a being charging larger amounts than I'm used to without feeling greedy, but knowing I deserve it and I'm providing a justified value. You, if I asked you to uh, give me a thousand dollars. And for that thousand dollars, I would give you back ten thousand dollars. You wouldn't feel that you're asking for a lot for a thousand because you're giving so much more value, right? And so I think what happens is this imposter syndrome is we're not completely faithful that we're providing more value than we're asking for. And so, you know, it takes repetitions, it takes practice, it takes experience to be behind the shelf when somebody asks for something and receives it and the person thanks them and calls them back and thanks them because they had learned so much and received so much value comparatively. So the easiest and fastest way to overcome imposter syndrome is to change the relativeness of that. So go ahead and uh, we'll do that. Uh, let's see here. Can you repeat David's email address? Funny enough, it's scrolling right there at the bottom, but for everyone, it's david at dmeltzer.com. Uh, thank you, Cheryl, for reminding me. Sometimes I talk so fast, uh, but if you'd like an exercise, a guide, a book, I'll sign a book, send it to you, pay for shipping, and the book, david at dmeltzer.com. Uh, that's awesome. Thank you for asking. All right, let me take another question online uh, here. It's so fun not having a moderator carrying this thing. All right, here we go. How do you become more 
successful after owning a business? Well, first of all, you need to know what you want. Every successful business is aligned with two things, the timing of risk tolerance of that business and two, what it is we want from that business, personally, experientially, giving and receiving wise. And so we want to get that alignment uh, with both the timing and risk tolerance of owning a business, plus those uh, uh, aligned uh, what, who, how, and now of personal experiential giving and receiving values. If we can align the what, the who, the how, the now, I promise you the other one will dissipate and disappear. You will not have uh, that need. And so, all right, Gigi, let's see here. Why is gratitude so important? Oh, hello, sorry. Why is gratitude so important? Uh, because gratitude gives us perspective. And perspective allows us to participate in the life that we want. It allows us to give meaning to our past. It is aligned with the future that we want. It allows us to give meaning to our present, aligned with where we think we want. And we also uh, understand it does not allow us to give others meaning that we want, but instead is a great antidote for the meaning that they do give us to hopefully enlighten them, especially in the context of entertainment or in the context of coaching, whatever else you may be involved with, real estate, et cetera. So uh, utilize that methodology in order to effectuate that. Uh, all right, let's see here. Where and how are entrepreneurs in their way? That's easy. So uh, understanding this question, we have to understand human nature and understanding human nature never changes. Uh, so uh, understanding that we all are afraid. We're either afraid of the past, uh, resulting in resentment or guilt, or we're afraid of the future, which often creates anxiety and worry. And if we can understand, number one, identifying, are we afraid of the past or afraid of the future? And then practice determining what ego-based consciousnesses that we have, that we evoke from fear, uh, which ones are we prescribing to the fear that we have? And this is where entrepreneurs are in their own way and how they do it is that they accelerate their uh, trajectory into what they don't want, what's missing, what they don't have. They accelerate their trajectory of what they're afraid of instead of uh, just stopping and breathing and resting, rising. Uh, instead, they accelerate in the wrong trajectory of what they don't want, what's missing, or what they don't have. And so we need to, uh, as entrepreneurs, identify fear, fear of the past, fear of the future, and then stop. Stop. When I say stop, I say breathe through your nose, out through your mouth. You don't have to resist it. You don't have to go over it, under it, through it, around it. Uh, you simply can stop and create much more abundance as an entrepreneur than you've ever imagined. All right, next question. What are the best ways to build a sustainable community? Um, well, first of all, uh, branding is about community building today. So you want to build a community notating that your frequency is your neighborhood. So the first step in building a sustainable community is knowing what and who you are. So that's what I think you're going towards is to figure out your skills, your knowledge, and your desire. 
And then knowing that essence, we can build a community around that, the people that resonate with that, people that don't, and then everybody else in between. And building our community through consistent, persistent pursuit of that community of and by being our own selves, looking for other options and opportunities with our own self at our essence, at our frequency, in our neighborhood, will provide the aggregation, uh, the compounding of interest and acceleration to build a community that will continually build itself to empower others, to empower others to be happy. And uh, it has worked for many years in that respect. All right, let's take another question online. Here we go. All righty. How do you stay focused on business like my lawn service? Um, well, first of all, uh, being a student of the calendar certainly helps. Uh, if you have any type of business, uh, you cannot let it get old by just continually doing the same things over and over again. You should be pursuing your potential. You should be looking for efficiencies, effectiveness, and statistical success. I can send everyone uh, my book and the exercise with the power of 64 about how to get 64 hours of productivity a day. Uh, and so the first way is to utilize your time in a more productive manner by instead of eight hours of productivity a day, five days a week, try getting 16 hours of productivity a day uh, for seven days a week. And then practice being efficient. Turn that 16 hours a day into 32 hours. And then practice being statistically successful. Change that 32 hours and to 64 hours a day. Uh, so while everybody else is working a 40-hour productive work week at best, you are working an incredible 64 hours a day. Eight days a week, seven days in a week, 56 full, productive, accessible, gracious days, 56 days. You're getting 11 times what you get in a normal work week from people that you manage and also managing your own health through this consistent, persistent procedure. Uh, all right. There's tons more. If you, I don't get to your question, just go ahead and email me, david at dmelzer.com. If any of these guides seem to be of interest to you, just email me, david at dmelzer.com. Uh, we'd be happy uh, to also send a book, sign it to you, pay for shipping in the book. Once again, we'll be in Orange County filming Two Minute Drill. We then will be in, uh, I'll be in Vegas before that. Then uh, we will be in Chicago, Indy, uh, New York, of course, uh, and St. Louis. So go ahead. If any of those cities resonate with you, email me, david at dmelzer.com. Dot com. All right, here we go. Lisa, his, all right, Lisa, sorry. How can you deal with, I'll turn this on. All right, how can you deal with liars and fakers? Today, more and more people just talking to hear themselves talk without standing behind those words. Well, first of all, you know, one of the five incentives that I look for is people that lie to themselves. Um, so, uh, more and more people are lying to themselves. They like to hear what they think they said or what other people are listening for. And you just need to uh, look at liars and fakers and surround yourself with the right people, the right ideas. The key really with liars and fakers is how do we vet them out? 
And, you know, the way that we vet them out is to ask difficult questions, to trust them so much that we feel comfortable asking uncomfortable questions, to take apart a bicycle, to ask all the different components in the questions that are hard to ask that may expose someone of either exaggerating, overselling, back-end selling, lying, manipulating, or cheating, uh, or faking something. And so it's amazing how many people project their insecurities when you do catch them uh, in that manner, being a liar or a faker. So, uh, you know, I'm always looking and taking accountability for being around people that lie or cheat and or exaggerate and then asking difficult questions to trust and vet them. All right. We're going to be ending a little bit early today, uh, but I'll take a few more questions. If I don't get to your questions, please email me, david at dmelter.com. How do you bounce back from a service L without micromanage? I'm not sure. Uh, service L would be a loss, I guess. Um, how do I bounce back? Uh, forgiveness uh, and gratitude. Gratitude of the past for the lessons I've learned, as well as forgiveness for the lessons I've learned. And then start again tomorrow, uh, the next day, by uh, asking myself, what is it I want today in the trajectory of where I think I want to be? And so uh, utilizing that uh, is the best methodology. All right, let me see. We can take one more question here. And uh, email me, david at dmelter.com. Like I said, if you need my book, my guide, my exercise, I'll sign a book, send it to you, pay for shipping. We're going to be all over the country. So email me for the meetups and VIP dinners with the billionaires, millionaires, entrepreneurs, celebrities, athletes, entertainers on Apple TV with us on a variety of our shows. We'll be filming fifth season of Two Minute Drill this next upcoming week. So we look forward to seeing you there. All right, question. What are the top qualities you look for in potential employees slash leaders of your company? Uh, well, uh, leaders and intelligent followers. So I look for intelligence. I look for intuition. And I look for inspiration. And then I teach that intelligence, inspiration, and insp in intelligence, intuition, and inspiration. I teach it the values. I teach it the daily practices. I teach the execution model. And when I do, yes, in the matrix of falling away, some people fall away. But what's so surprising is not only do a majority of the people stay, but the majority of the people stay in our company. And... The reason is, is that we know exactly why people stay and what and how they are successful at what we do. And it's because we pour into those people the values, the exercises, and the guide. And we look for them to be leaders as well, intelligent followers. Um, and so the more we can figure out those values, the more we get open-ended question guide ingrained into them as far as hey what are you doing today concerning what we're working on who do you know that can help me and how best can i help you uh the open-ended question guide can guide us into understanding you know would it help you if and do you know anyone that can help me two key phrases uh for anyone in the startup all right that's gonna do it for our friday training uh we are running uh on fumes today. So I want to make sure that I can stay awake through the whole training here in Italy. I can see Mikey laughing at me. Uh, we are very productive and grateful. Over 23 years, if I didn't get to your question, all you got to do is email me, david at dmelter.com. 
this is bring your own questions. I'll bring the answer. It's been a delight to be here. Get a signed copy of the book. Come to the meetups once again. Vegas on Saturday, Orange County for the filming, VIP dinner, meetups, and then on to Chicago, Indy, New York, and St. Louis. We'd love to have you. Email me for a meetup or a VIP dinner or my filmings, david at dmelter.com. Most importantly, remember, be kind to your future self and do good deeds. We'll see you next week at training. Uh, We'll see what part of the world Waldo's in then. Thank you so much. Have a great night.